0: Welcome to episode 88 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing hip rotation during squats, knee pain during squats, and how to switch up your programming. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What is up, Achievers? Episode 88. We're pretty much pros at this whole holding... Kendrick while podcasting thing now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right now he's passed out on my lap, but I'm like in preparation mode to nurse him if he wakes up. So
0: you've got a whole nursing cover on, you're you're ready to rock.
1: I'm ready to rock. I only have a cover on because we're recording this like with a camera for maybe future use, but we're uh, normally I'm just walking around shirtless. (laughs) To be honest. And anybody who's a mom listening probably can relate. Like it's just way easier to walk around the house without a shirt on. So Yeah. yeah.
0: Um but uh but yeah, we've been we've been out and about quite a bit, huh? We we've have. been heading the gym a lot. We've been
1: Well not actually working out for not me working out, <laughs> but, but just going into, into the gym. gym yep.
0: uh, just walking around. Um, yeah. I think that one of the doctors that gave us a really good piece of advice, just trying to uh, get especially you, obviously, because yeah. you're not going to work right now, but to get out at least once a day to not feel as isolated and to not feel like just so confined to the house. Yeah, and and that I think, was
1: awesome advice. Yeah.
0: And I think you know, if we had waited three, four or five days, it would have been more of a chore to like get him dressed and put him in the car seat and the stroller and like the whole thing is like a lot, right? So yeah. but I think I think we did it like the day we got home almost. Or maybe yeah, so the day it after. Was, it
1: was his third day in the world. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. And um I, it's made it a lot more just like, no, this is just just what we do yeah. and not, like, a, a big production each time. So it's been Yeah, awkward. and,
1: I mean, there's some, like, fumbling around right now, but that's – you have to get through that awkward stuff now. Yeah. Like, you have to do it eventually. And so, uh, for me, I'm, like, we might as well just do it, like, early and often and feel more comfortable quicker. Totally, um, Because yeah. there's no, like, getting around the awkward stage of things. Yeah. Like, nursing for me right now is still really weird, and, like, I can't do it without a pillow. <laughs> and I'm sure later on I'm just going to, like – Hold him easily and have him just like just like whip out my boob whatever, whatever <laughs> I want to. But like right now I'm I'm pretty awkward and I'm like still fumbling around. So it's just but I know like I have to go through that in order to get comfortable eventually. So. Yeah,
0: just a lot of these new new things. I mean, it's such a new thing that we yeah. have to just go through the little bit of a uh, growing pains. But um, it's been going really well so far. Yeah, it's yeah. been pretty
1: awesome, and it's he's really great. cute, so that makes everything yeah. worth it. <laughs>
0: a lot easier when. The thing is really cute right there (laughs) Um, okay so we're gonna switch things up I'm gonna be reading the questions because Lauren is both hands on Kendrick right now um, in preparation for potential feeding so I'll be reading the questions hopefully you don't miss Lauren's reading voice here Um, question number one is from Jeremy Aquino Uh, hopefully you may be able to point me in the right direction to solve an issue I've been having in my back squats I found that my right hip rotates back and my trunk rotates as I come out of the hole I also find myself favoring towards my right leg. I haven't been able to find much information. Where could you suggest I start? Cool. So good question. You know, if you had asked me this question maybe five, six, seven years ago, I might have been inclined to really trying to diagnose what exactly was happening. Like I could have been like... Maybe it's a glute medius thing. Maybe it's an ankle mobility restriction on that right side. Maybe it's a, maybe he had a previous injury on his one side, which makes him want to shift away from that side. Like there's so many different possibilities that could uh, lead to this issue. Um, and like a previous me might have wanted to dissect each and everything. And now as, you know, I've gotten more experienced and as we've gotten more cases of this, we've realized that it doesn't really necessarily matter what the actual root cause is in this particular instance, uh, as long as you address things from a pattern standpoint, a lot of these things just tend to work itself out without having to go down a deep rabbit hole of spending tons of time trying to fish out the specific issue that's causing it. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Unless like we actually know yeah. that like, cause when we do, when we get to do a full assessment with somebody, we ask them about their injury history. So like that, sometimes it becomes very clear. That's that. true, yeah. It's just like, okay, you broke your ankle three times. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you're gonna have a little bit of a shift when you squat, and like, it's probably coming from your ankle. But yeah. if we don't have any context, there's no use. It's not helpful for us to start speculating or guessing what's right. happening. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and so, in this instance, what we do um, nearly across the board with our members is during a back squat, their hip starts to rotate backwards, their trunk, as a result, rotates the other way. What we'd have them do is first start off with the back squat. And have them just – I would most likely take their shoes off and have them just go at a slower tempo, I really, like, slower tempo work because it really gets them an understanding of how to just, like, feel where they are in space as opposed to going through a normal tempo and maybe missing some things. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, So a slower tempo and really basically just stopping them – as soon as they start to feel or see themselves in the mirror express any sort of shift. Um, and then from there I'm coming back up and just kind of working within that range and w- w- from the back squats. And then on the other days as an assistance exercise or as part of part of part of a uh, warm-ups, I would have them do a regressed version of a squat and maybe that might be a kettlebell goblet squat where they hold the weight down in front of them, in front of them. Maybe it could be a zercher squat. Um, some sort of slightly easier positioned exercise where it can be just easier to just change the uh, hip positioning as they are coming down. Um, and if that doesn't work, we can just do a bodyweight squat, a TRX-assisted squat, and really, again, just utilizing slower tempos in order for them to really feel where they are in space and making sure that they can adjust as they need to as they go down.
1: Yeah. So that's all the things that we would do from a, from the standpoint of just like, When you're watching yourself trying to adjust based on that. Yeah. And then do you want to talk about – should we talk about like RNT RNT and using some feedback? Yeah.
0: And then from there, if that still doesn't address the issue and it's still there, what we do is actually use a principle called RNT, which we've discussed in the podcast a few times before. Um, RNT stands for reactive neuromuscular training. And what we do in this instance is a lot of times use a band and we use the band, let's say someone is shifting, their hip, their right hip goes back in this instance, we would actually attach a band around his hip and actually try to push his right hip further back into the exact um, quote unquote dysfunction that he's uh, experiencing.
1: So the band is pulling in the direction that he's That he's he's already going into. Yeah,
0: Which seems counterintuitive, but right now his brain isn't really recognizing that this is an actual issue. And so they're just letting it happen. But if we magnify the issue, all of a sudden his brain is like, well, something's going on here. Let me try to trigger some musculature to counteract that. And by feeding the mistake, it's called, you end up um, just kicking on the right musculature without having to really isolate uh, body parts and muscle parts.
1: Yeah, and this is where not having to, like if you don't know the root cause of what's going on, this is going to address it from such an overall standpoint that Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter anymore that you don't know the root cause because it's going to give you just this natural feedback and you're going to work against it. If that natural feedback doesn't work, if you don't, your body doesn't adjust, then, then more than likely it's a mobility restriction, not a actual movement compensation. Yeah. Right? So if if you put the band on and you're like, I can't do anything to change this, like even though the band's pulling me and I, like, I can't get out of this rotation, maybe it really is like an ankle mobility restriction on that mm-hmm. other side that no matter what kind of feedback, you give that ankle just doesn't, isn't going to move,
0: yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, you're gonna have to find some uh, like remedial stuff for that. In which case, it's going to be best to get it looked at by a physical therapist or just a skilled um, fitness coach in order to try to dissect that out. But you know, most of the times, what I just outlined is going to work out pretty well. Yeah. And the big thing is, a lot of people will jump to the corrective stuff and do goblet squats and do whatever squat variation and body weight squats with the band, but then they're like do I have to drop back squats altogether and that's def- definitely not the case just go down to the depth that you feel it um, right before it starts to occur just stop right there you can set yourself up with a box behind you to stop yourself at that de- at that depth but feel free to train that part of the squat really hard while still working on improving the squat pattern as a whole using those corrective exercises and body weight R&T drills that I just talked about. Yeah cool perfect. All right, second question is from Ben cool. Um He said, um, I have quite bad pain in my knees when I exercise. Squats are the main problem, and it stops me from carrying on with the squats during my circuits. Are there any exercises that I can do to target my quads but are knee-friendly? On top of that, do you know of any knee-strengthening exercises? Also, could my form when squatting be damaging my knees? Um, yeah. So-
1: multiple so, layers to that one. Yeah, yeah. So
0: good question. Um, this is, this is one that we've, um, addressed a couple times in the podcast before, but I think it never hurts because it's such a commonplace problem. Um, especially for me, I actually have gone through some, um, knee pain issues myself. So I feel pretty, um, pretty related and connected hmm. to this one. So I think that's why I kind of, uh, choose to pick these types of questions. Um, so when you have, um, he said he has bad pain in his knees. And I think the first thing to do is obviously get it checked out by a physical therapist just to get an official diagnosis. Because I'm going to talk about things from a, more than likely he probably has a tendon thing going on, in which case he might have a tendonitis or a tendinosis type of problem. Um, but there could be the uh, potential that he has an underlying tear going on. Maybe he's got a partially torn MCL or meniscus or whatever it might be. Um, and obviously we don't have x-ray vision. <laughs> so you want to just make sure that you get to check out by a medical professionals. So you're not just exercising and barking up the wrong tree um, because we're going to be giving some recommendations purely based on tendon pain. Um, okay. So we've got that out of the way next. So if you've got bad pain, your knees acutely in the short term, what we try to do is, Stay away from exercises that cause any knee pain whatsoever. And we, let's say, let's say you're experiencing scale on a, from a scale of one to 10, 10 being like excruciating and one being not too, uh, one being totally fine. Um, if you're up in that sort of seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, like that sort of region when you're doing exercise, You just have to get it to calm down a bit. And so you need to get the inflammation to calm down, whether it's using ice, compression, um, whether it's using all sorts of recovery tactics. It just needs to calm down, um, even using ibuprofen and uh, anti-inflammatories in that regard, Um, and just letting it cool down. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, And then from there, you can still do a lot of hip-dominant exercises like deadlifts, um, Romanian deadlifts, trap bar deadlifts, um, barbell glute bridges. Um, some people uh, feel pretty good doing split squats if they keep their leg at a 90-degree angle or lunges or step-ups at a 90-degree angle. There's just like a ton of different exercises that you can do. Hamstring curls. Hamstring curls, yep, yeah. on, like on a ball or valve slides. Slides. Um There's just a ton of variations that you can do. And just in the short term right now, while the knee is cooling off a bit, um, you're just gonna have to forego your quad gains unfortunately yeah. and just stick with more hamstrings, glutes and just uh, the rest of your posterior chain.
1: Yeah we don't think that you need to go to like a leg extension machine to like isolate the quad um, yeah. because hopefully if you do really do all of these things and take mm-hmm. care of it from this overall um, kind of like systemic, way like you're focusing on recovery you're doing ice you're resting you're yeah. you're like allowing it to actually heal it won't be a really long process and you're not just gonna like lose all of your quad strength yeah in a couple of weeks so just allow yourself some time to lay off of the quads don't really worry so much about targeting them so i think a lot of people hear like from from pts which um we've definitely heard before is like well you have to do you have to strengthen your quads that's why your knee hurts yeah
0: your vmo and all that you're, stuff yeah
1: and um a lot of times what we've found is that actually just laying off of the patterns that bother the knees, which tend to be the quad dominant patterns, for a couple weeks and continuing to strengthen the legs with the posterior chain, it actually allows the knee to heal, allows inflammation to go down, yeah. and then they can just get back to those good patterns instead of trying to do these like very focused quad exercises. Totally,
0: yeah. And then let's say you wait two, three, four weeks or so, and now your pain has gone down from a seven, eight, nine, or 10, and it now is more in the 4, 5, 6 region. At that point, what we'd probably do is start to incorporate a little bit of a squatting or knee flexion type of movement, but slightly more hip dominant. So if someone is performing a squat, we'll just have them sit really far back and keep their shins nearly vertical. So they're still going through that knee flexion, But they're not going through uh, a knee shearing force where their knees are going forward in a traditional squat. Um, Same thing with a split squat or a lunge. We would keep that knee at a 90 degree angle and not let it come too far forward. Otherwise, we'd probably have too much of a knee knee shearing force. And uh, most likely, it'll cause an uptick in inflammation, which is definitely what we don't want um, to happen so quickly. Um, Would you agree with that? Yep. So going with um, these sorts of variations where, again, yeah, knee flexion is present. And then from there, and also just making sure, like, you don't want to go from, oh, I'm, I feel like my pain is at a four. I'm going to do five sets of ten box squats or low bar mm-hmm. back squats. You want to make sure that you just test the waters. Just in. do two sets of five at a very easy weight that you know you can handle. Three sets of five the next time you go in. And really appropriately monitor your volume. And then making sure that you don't go just go um, – Oh, I felt really good today. I'm going to also do the same exact thing tomorrow. you got to let your tendons and muscles heal and recover from that stimulus you put on it before you go after it again. And I think a, a general rule of thumb is anywhere from two to three days before you attack um, the tendon again. And then as you go through this process, maybe after a couple months, now your pain is reliably at a one, two, or three. And that's in a pretty good spot for you to then go into um, targeted knee strengthening exercises. And this might be, uh, we've used like reverse sled drags where we grab onto a sled with TRX handles and just walking backwards and working on that knee extension. Um, We've done um, normal just body weight squats, TRX assisted squats, split squats where we allow the knee to come forward a bit more and using a lot of isometrics and slower tempo stuff. So we're not loading the tendon um, really quickly, we're letting it kind of catch up by slowing things down quite a bit. Um, And again, really monitoring volume. So if we do squats one day, uh, we might not do another knee-targeted exercise, quad-targeted exercise for another two to three days while we let that tendon recover. And then we just monitor. We just constantly monitor based on the RPE scale because if there's a significant uptick in that pain level, then we know that we crossed that threshold too far, and all we need to do is just reduce the volume a little bit, and more than likely that inflammation will calm down. Perfect. Cool. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, in the short term, you're going to have to neglect your quad gains a little bit, <laughs> but there's still a lot of lower body exercise that you can do and really hammer home pretty hard without challenging and taxing that knee pain. Yeah. Um, but again, always go back to number one. You, you should really be getting looked at by PT throughout this whole process to just make sure everything is good and make sure that there are not any other um, underlying issues at hand that are contributing to the pain. Totally. Cool. Okay. Question number three is from say it loud now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And they said, okay, I've been on my fitness journey now for one year. Thanks to encouragement from great gym partners and coworkers workers which, by the way, just makes all the difference. Yeah, that's just having awesome. a good support system—it's um, it, just huge. Um, we were used to doing our bo- workouts by body part: legs, back, shoulder, arms, rather than total body. Since then, my gym partners have moved away. Oh. Crying face. <laughs> Kendrick just cried too. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, Kendrick literally cried when you said
0: that. <laughs> and I'm now on. Now I'm on. And now I am on my own for programming my workouts. I listened to your podcast. Wow. <laughs> this is why you read the question. I've listened to your podcast for quite a while now and decided to program full body workouts to perform three times a week. Um, and I'm trying to include as many compound movements as possible deadlifts, RDLs, squats, overhead press, chest press, pull ups, split squats, rows, leg press. It's just all music to our ears right now. Um, and she's doing it about four days. Uh, four times per week and including other accessory exercises like hamstring curls, shoulder raises, uh, dumbbell curls, things like that. Um, it's been six weeks and I've seen progress in ways I've not previously seen when doing single body part workouts, which is great, obviously. <laughs> I think I remember you saying to look to change up your program after about six to eight weeks. How do you recommend doing this? Well, relying heavily on compound movements. Do I keep the compound exercises the same and switch up the accessory exercises? Are there other compound exercises you recommend? Thanks so much.
1: Awesome. So just to summarize, uh, basically she went from doing body, body part splits to total body workouts with bigger compound movements. She's found a lot of, she's made a lot of progress that way. She feels really good, but now she's a little bit stuck in how to change up her routine. And that, it makes a lot of sense. I remember feeling this way too because when I first, because I used to do more like bodybuilding style workouts, mm-hmm, yeah. and I felt like there were just like this infinite amount of exercises. Yeah. Like, I could, do sh- I could do front raises for my shoulders and then I could do lateral raises yeah. and then I could do overhead presses. And like, there's just so many different things for every body part that you could do. And then when you start focusing on compound movements, you're like, okay, I can bench press and military <laughs> press and then I can squat and deadlift. Yeah. And you, you start to feel a little bit stuck in how you continue to progress and change things up. So I, we totally, totally understand this yeah. question.
0: And it gets difficult because yeah, at a certain point, your program and your workouts start to look very similar and very repetitive because the advantage of compound movements are that they cover a wide gamut of um, musculature and so you just need to just do those over and over basically because it covers all of your bases and then you can use those accessory movements to improve weak links and things like that that you might need to um, address further. Um, you know, in this case, what I, what I really typically recommend is go for a tried and true program, like a strong lifts five by five, like a starting strength five by five program. Um, there's all sorts of programs out there and they all just follow the general same linear approach where they start with five sets of five at a really, um, light to moderate weight and they just have you linearly increase the load. Anywhere from 2.5 to 5 to even 10 pounds each workout, each week. Um, And then from there, they want you to do that for as long as possible, then have a minor deload, and then lower the the repetition range. They might go from 5x5 to 3x5 and then repeat that same process and then take you to 3x3 and then take you to 2x2. and then take you to one by two, one by one, Uh, whatever repetition it is, it doesn't really matter. It's just all the thing that, uh, the only thing that matters is to keep the same core compound movements that you want to keep in and linearly increase the load while linearly decreasing the reps. And that's the general rule of thumb that you want to follow. As far as accessory movements go, it's kind of of really just whatever you want to do. Um, We like to do it in terms of there's two ways you can do it. One, from a pure aesthetic standpoint, if you want to build up certain muscles um, because you just like the way they look and you want to bring them up more, um, you can just focus on those. So if you want to get quad gains, then maybe you'd program in some more you know, uh, narrow stance squats or some tempo split squats or uh, repetitive lunges, whatever it might be. Um, on the flip side, you can do it in terms of bringing up weaker muscle groups, quote-unquote weaker muscle groups. So let's say... You know that you're you're a pretty quad dominant squatter, and you really rely on your quads and your ankle mobility to get down low. But you could bring up your um, glutes and hamstrings and posterior chain in order to improve your deadlift or your Romanian deadlift and stuff like that. In which case, you might do some higher repetition hamstring curls, um, higher repetition single leg deadlifts, and valve slide hamstring curls. There's all sorts of different ways that you can approach the accessory exercise stand uh, from an ex- accessory muscle standpoint.
1: Yeah. Um, I was just trying to look at like keeping the, so the last part of her question, do I keep the compound exercise the same and switch up? Yeah. So there's also different, like, so we say change it up every six to eight weeks, which is, yeah, which is, I mean, I would even say four to eight weeks, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, But there are different compound or different variations of those compound exercises as well. So you can go from a back squat phase where you do back squats for eight weeks and then go to front squats or go to zurcher squats. Mm -hmm. Or even like we like to every once in a while like keep the compound like lift in there like the squat in there. But sometimes it feels good to just like take some of the weight away and focus on volume and we might go to like double kettlebell squats. Mm-hmm. So we're still squatting but we're not working so much on the really, really heavy stuff because your body does get tired of that every once in a while and yeah. it needs a little bit of a break. So we might go to like sets of 8 to 10 and do a much lighter load but still keep it still keep the general idea of a total body compound movement. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where it can get, you can feel stuck in thinking like, well, squat just means back squat. Yeah,
0: that's And true. deadlift
1: just means barbell deadlift. But you can go to like a staggered stance trap bar deadlift. You yeah. can get a little bit fancy with it as long as you're keeping the general idea of this bigger total body movement. Yeah. Um, and sticking with whatever variation you choose for four to eight weeks so that you yeah. can see that progress in that variation.
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, the slight majority of the time we stick with like barbell type of exercises with our members, but then the other times, yeah, we do go to like like a double kettlebell front squat, a one kettlebell goblet squat. Those are still compound exercises because right. you're still squatting.
1: And you can load them up heavy and they're really challenging. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And, yeah. They, and they don't take as much of a toll on your body and your nervous system as the barbell does. And so it just provides us a good break. A good deload, and then once you go back to the barbell, suddenly you're fresher. Your joints don't feel quite as you know nicked up, and then you can just attack it, um, you know, heavier and more consistently too. Yeah. So it's good.
1: Yeah. So keep in mind that the the movement pattern is what we're th- what we're talking about when we talk about compound lifts, and how you actually go about that movement pattern can really vary. So even with bench press, you can go to like a barbell floor press, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or dumbbell bench press, or um, or like different push-up variations. Yeah. Like so it really you have some some wiggle room in what that exercise looks like. Just stick with that exercise for the duration of your program of your six to eight weeks and continue to increase the difficulty. So even with push-ups, you can increase it by adding a little bit of weight or by using bands um, or by changing the elevation. So if you're not quite at the floor yet, you can do an ele- like hands elevated. Push up, or you have your hands on a on a squat rack barbell, and each week you go down a notch on the squat yeah. rack, and that's progress. Um, so yeah, just thinking outside the box a little bit in terms of what it means to to do things from a total body compound movement perspective. Yeah,
0: and then also going back to the, the switching every four to eight weeks, um, we say that as a general rule of thumb for most people, um, especially because some people get just overall bored with yeah. you know doing the same program for weeks on end. But if you're experiencing good results, then you don't need to necessarily switch things up and mess up a good thing. Like you just keep on keeping on with whatever you're doing until you notice that I, I can no longer increase my weights or I can no longer keep improving my form or things just start to feel worse. And that's a signal for you to then switch it up. But for like for me, for example, like I've probably done the same program <laughs> for the last like 20 to 24 weeks. I just kind of slightly modify the reps, which makes for um my inability to modify the weights but the exercises have stayed stayed the same yeah
1: Yeah. it really does it really is a lot about boredom more than anything for most people it's like if you're if you found the exercises that feel the best for you and that you really like like it's okay to stick to them as long as you are making sure that you're not sticking to them and sticking to the same weight in the same volume yeah something has to change in order to keep spurring progress Um, So it can't be the exact same workout in terms of like five sets of five at this, like at at 135 pounds every single week. Right. It has to be, you do back squats and you start there. And then the next week you do five sets of five at 140 and then five sets of five at 145. So as long as one element is changing, either the volume or the weight, the load, then you can stick with that program for a while.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a weekly thing. Like it could be five pounds over the course of, Two weeks so you can do 135 five by five and then the next week you can repeat it if you want and then the following week 140 by five by five basically in order to in the broad scale of things to continuously be improving yeah right yeah. so yeah
1: i think that it. answers most of the question hopefully yeah. uh let us know if it doesn't and if you have more questions and we can uh we can readdress some of it next week
0: yeah Cool. All
1: right. Well, I believe those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for listening and for submitting the questions. If you have a question of your own, you can DM us on Instagram at AchieveFitnessBoston. And if you like the podcast, we would love to hear your feedback. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.